Coach Taku. Making anime your new life coach. Coach Talkie listeners, in case you had missed the sound of my voice introing an episode, my name's Christina Stathopoulos, forever back from my hiatus, and I am joined by my better half, my brilliant being, the light of my life, Mary. And this week, we are chatting about the infamous series, Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai. And before we dive into the topic for today, if you haven't seen the series, um, Here's my hot take on it. I actually think, weirdly enough, it's like if you combined the melancholy of Suzumiya Haruhi, which is very much a slice of life type series that's not exactly what it seems, and you combine it with all the weird, inexplicable powers of darker than black, then you end up (laughs) with Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai, because ultimately this is a show that takes place among high schoolers who for reasons not fully explained, all experience this thing called puberty or adolescence syndrome. And that this syndrome is essentially the result of sensitivity and instability. And it creates these fascinating, almost otherworldly problems that impact the characters and ultimately drive the story that we are watching. Anything that I missed about the series that you feel compelled to add, Mary? Let's get into it, Christina. This one is a uh, this one is interesting. And I think the let's go into our coaching topic. And what what's interesting about the show is that the puberty syndrome, which causes these really strange paranormal effects, is at a cause of some sort of instability within each teen. And from a coaching perspective, things like this happen with clients and with people in general when we're holding on to something. And usually these things are small, like maybe we felt a certain type of way when someone called us something, or maybe we feel a certain type of way about someone else because they didn't do something they were supposed to do or that we think they were supposed to do. And these small things can build up over time if we're not addressing them or expressing them. And so in coaching, we have exercises around clearing space and clearing our emotional energy to kind of prevent those small little things from getting bigger and bigger. And what we see in this anime is that nobody's really taking the time to do that work. And that results in these really weird paranormal episodes for all these different characters. So Christina, which one was your favorite and where do we start with these characters? Oh man. Well, I feel like we got to start with the bunny girl herself, right? (laughs) Like she's in the title of the series. And of course I'm talking about, and forgive me, it's been a little while. Is it May or Mai? Do you remember Mary? It's Mai. Mai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So First of all, Mai is the bunny girl, but said another way, the way that Mai's 
puberty syndrome manifests itself is that the consequence of the syndrome is that she becomes invisible and her existence is more or less forgotten by every single person that ever knew her. And so going back to this concept that Mary introduced of like clearing or holding on to things and not clearing them out, the the syndrome effects stemmed from Mai's desire to be forgotten because of this swim, really awkward swimsuit photo shoot that her mom forced her to go through. And it was so embarrassing for her. And it made her feel so used by her mom just to get some money that she wished that no one knew who she was. And uh, part of the reason why I think we should focus on her is because one of the funniest Halloween costume ideas I've ever heard is to just not show up to a Halloween party and say that you cosplayed as my. <laughs> but if, if we were looking at her from this concept of clearing uh, Mary, like, what do you see for kind of one of our protagonists of the series? I think for my, it's also it's also the lack of control and of say that she had on the way that her life had gone so far and what we know about Maya is that she started um being in the professional in the public eye since she was a little girl and I think it just wore her out that she was always doing it based on what everybody else wanted versus how she wanted to show up and so for Maya I think part of her clearing like what she's holding on to is just the inability to express herself in an authentic way that really was reflective of her and that desire that for in her mind because she couldn't do that she just wanted to not be seen she just wanted to not be known and so she starts slowly to disappear and I think what what's really cool about Mai is that um, well what's really funny too is that we see her then trying to show up and trying to make herself be seen by dressing up as a bunny, hence the you know bunny in the title. And it's only it's only one person who is able to see her. It's this boy at her school, and it's that relationship. It's that being seen in such an authentic way and light, and being spoken to in a way that's actually reflective of who she is and her emotions that gets her out of her disappearance mode. And so for my it's. I think it's just about speaking her truth and speaking her voice and showing up in a way that was actually authentic and reflective of who she wants to be in the world. Yeah. And, you know, it's her entire story kind of reminds me of Schrodinger's cat. (laughs) Like, Like, is do we need to check on like Mai's existence if she's not if we aren't consciously aware that she does exist? You know, it's just one of those weird paradoxes. Um, But, you know, since you mentioned that there's only a single person who's able to see her and is ultimately the way for her to bring herself back into everyone's consciousness, I feel like we got to talk about our boy Sakuda and his Wolverine (laughs) scar that he gets on his body. Um, Because Sakuda, so here's the other thing that I find kind of fascinating about this series is. Uh, puberty syndrome is considered to be a legend or an urban myth, but somehow we have come across a high school where every single student in it is, you know, stuck in the consequences of being impacted 
by uh, by puberty syndrome. And so Sakuda isn't just capable of seeing Mai despite her syndrome. He himself also suffers from the syndrome. But in his case, uh, I mentioned Wolverine marks because he actually ends up with these three deep cuts that show up over and over again due to uh, specific scenarios. And in in his case, it's actually linked to his sister, which I find really fascinating. Um, And we can go into what hers is in a moment. But what what I find is that, you know, for Sakuda, the fact that he sustains these injuries over and over and over again, and that they're reopened over and over and over again, is they they really do exist as a metaphor for the emotional distress that he puts himself through and the emotional pressure that he puts himself through. I think in particular, he's most impacted by the way that he tries to be perfect for uh, his sister. And the way that he tries to hold on to parts of her that he doesn't have any control over. And so you see that inner turmoil manifest itself as these physical injuries that he has over and over again. So I think Sakura is such an interesting character. Like so complex because I have a theory, Christine, I have a theory around him. Here And here's my theory. So he saw he didn't see his sister get bullied but he saw the emotional toll it took on her and how it impacted not just her but his entire family and i think it was his inability to help his sister to help his family that kind of causes these wounds to show up on his body it's like i should have done something i should have protected them i should have been there for them and so now in, in present time, like in anime present time, he's so hung up on that that he caters to his sister in such a way that he always makes sure that she's safe, taken care of, has everything that she needs and works really hard for her. And so I think the other part of it, and so here's the other part, is that when he's going through this, when he first finds out about the bullying, his sister was deeply impacted by it. And he was deeply impacted by his inability to help. And that's when he meets this other character, Shoko, randomly on the beach. And she talks to him about kindness and how sometimes the only thing that we can do is to be kind, is to learn from the experiences and help others. And I think it's actually that moment, that thing (laughs) that makes Sakura present to everyone's puberty syndrome because he's so at the center of it and he's not only at the center but he's often the person that helps the other person go through their syndrome and come out on the other side of it and I believe this is all tied together based on that one incident that's my take what are your thoughts Christina yeah, you know, uh, Sakura, to your point, he's kind of like the gatekeeper of having positive puberty syndrome experiences. Um, but in a way, the the fact that he puts so much weight on himself to make it happen, uh, it, it bears a lot of consequence on himself. And not just because he also has puberty syndrome, and so he's prone to having these wounds inflicted on him. But I think you see it the most uh, with his sister, 
because part of the impact of her syndrome is that at one point she experiences amnesia and this new, um, this new version of herself that doesn't remember her former life uh, becomes completely dependent on Sakuda. And, you know, he used it as, a, as almost like a second chance to protect her better. And so what we learn is as she recovers from her trauma and as she regains that former self, she, one of the consequences, she actually loses all the memories that she had while she was in recovery. And we learn that Sakuda like blames himself for that, that like he so desperately wanted her to hold on to those memories and so desperately wanted her to see like that he loved her and was a good brother to her and was capable of showing up for her. And I think my take on it all is even though he's the catalyst for kindness, I kind of liked your language around that, Mary, like, I think in some ways what you see with Sakura is like, he's almost too attached to being able to control the outcomes for people. And ultimately, the, that amount of pressure that he puts on himself is what has him crack under emotional duress quite often. Yeah, agreed. And so for Sakuda, I think where he's he, the clearing conversation comes into play is really forgiving himself for how it gone in the first place with his family and letting go and, and having some compassion for himself for not whatever it is and for and 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 here's the thing so look things aren't always going to be perfect we make mistakes and sometimes we wish in retrospect we had done something different when a situation happens especially if it's around a loved one but it's letting go of the how it should have gone and being at peace with that so that you can have it go a different way moving forward not to fix it but from a place of, yes, I accept, I acknowledge, and I can be, I can be better for myself, for the people around me. Yeah. And that's why as we start to um, kind of get into the latter half of this episode, one of the other side characters that I really want to touch on because I find her so fascinating is Rio. And so uh, Rio, I feel like perfectly embodies what you were just saying, Mary, of like, how can I let go of the past, but still integrated into like who I'm becoming and what's next for me. Because Rio, again, in this magical high school where everyone has puberty syndrome, even though it's super rare <laughs> and a legend, um, her puberty syndrome stems from the class that stems from the fact that she simultaneously hates being ogled by her classmates, but loves receiving attention online. And so what happens is she splits into two versions of herself, one who's like very prude and very strict and hates attention, and the other who actively seeks it. And what's fascinating about Rio is like she has this moment of reconciliation where she sees for herself that she can desire attention from others. And that doesn't need to be a bad thing, which allows her to exist as a single person again. And I think like this is a great example of like why we would take on the work of clearing, because it's not about forgetting it. It's not about dumping it. It's not about, you know, seeing anything that's happened to us is wrong, but it's just about having some separation from it 
so as to decide what's next. And for Rio, like she's able to separate, I want attention from the judgment that wanting the attention is bad or skeevy or like makes her less than others. And so when she realizes that she's allowed to want it, you see her beat the syndrome in a way. Yeah, Rio is so fun because she's so intelligent and she's actually um, the person that Sakura calls each time something happens with puberty syndrome and someone else. And what's really funny about this episode is that he actually calls each one of them (laughs) to say, hey, this is what's going on with you. There are two of you in this world and you're very different. I need help here to support you better, to support both of you, but you better. And it's so fun to watch because, yes, there's that, there's the Rio who shows up as, I want you to see me. And there's the other Rio that's more reserved. And in addition to that, I think she was just super conflicted about how relationships for her had gone in the past, especially with her friends and how they were going to move forward in the future. I think that's such a normal, like, human conversation I also think it's a normal high school conversation you know you're with these group of kids for four years you develop these friendships and then you're moving on you're graduating and you're like what's going to happen to us and I want to be friends forever and that's such a and sometimes we're super conflicted about I don't want to move forward I want to have I want to have my friends like this for a really long time and I think what what was really special about Rio was that she finally expresses those emotions to her two best friends, one who is Sakura and the other one who she has this deep crush with, but he's in a relationship. And once she expresses that, it's almost like a weight is off her shoulders. And once the other Rio witnesses that she is still friends and all the fun that this trio has together and how much they're supportive, she's like, no, I want to be a part of that too. I want, that's my life too. And I want to be there for the fireworks and whatever happens next. And so it's kind of like a reconciliation of her whole self, which is fun. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing I appreciate about it is in some ways, while I think that the story between Mai and Sakura is, you know, romantic and very much in line with like that high school romance trope. Uh, There was a part of me that like wanted to see Mai able to beat her syndrome herself somehow, Uh, like, like somehow find the way to will the desire to be seen again back into existence. And while I appreciate that Sakura's confession to her is what kind of breaks this spell, so to speak. um, What I find really satisfying about Rio's story is that you do see that, like you do see her having this epiphany for herself. And kind of breaking the effects of her syndrome by, to your point, like claiming that agency and really claim like both versions of herself claiming like, this is what I want to have. And this is what I don't want to miss out on anymore. And this is who I want to be as a unified single human on the planet. Yeah, I'm totally with you there, Christina, because Maya's, she's a strong woman. I mean, she's, look, this, she's been acting since she was. I don't know, a child. She's created a professional career for herself by the time she's in high school. She's financially independent. This woman, and she's a badass woman. And she really pushes Sakura to become a better person for himself. One of my favorite moments, probably, and I sent this to you while I was watching it, Christina, was, you know, they 
Sakura had done something that made that made my really upset. And he was like, I'm sorry. And her response to him was like, I didn't get, I didn't go into a relationship with you for you to apologize to me. And I was like, oh my God, mic drop, boom. And that's the kind of power that this woman has. That's the kind of insight that she carries. So it wasn't missing for me as well that she wasn't able to pull herself out of it, even though I know that it was probably the catalyst for Sakura and for all the other series that we got. Yeah. And so I'm going to put you on the spot, Marianne. Don't worry, because I have thought of this. Whenever I watch shows like this, you know, whether it's like My Hero Academia, then I've got to think, what would my quirk be? If I watch Darker Than Black, I got to think, okay, what would my contract be? Like, if we were thrown into the world of Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai, and you found out that you were impacted by puberty syndrome, what do you think? Like, what do you think would be the odd paranormal manifestation of your syndrome? All right, Christina, you just put me on the spot. I feel like you need to go first because you probably have a ready answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will go first. And if it helps, like, I really thought of, like, what was the thing about myself that I couldn't be with in high school or that, like, I couldn't clear? Like, what was the thing that sat in me for years and years and years? And I think it has something to do with how I really struggled to share my emotions with people especially my more negative emotions. And so I have this vision of almost kind of similar to how Rio breaks off into two individuals. Like I have this notion of like being almost like a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde type puberty syndrome, where in certain instances, I'm almost like blank faced and robotic. And then in other instances, I'm basically the Hulk. Like it's like pure rage or even like pure tears coming out of me at all times. And But what's interesting is it's almost like an amnesia moment because I'm not clear that both these sides of me exist. So I think that would be my version of puberty syndrome. I like it. (laughs) We should go back and see this happen in real time. I'd want to see that. Um, For me, so when I was in high school, I was super introverted and I had a really hard time making friends. So I actually think that my puberty syndrome would be like the opposite of Maya's, where she was disappearing. I would probably be surrounded by hundreds of people that I probably didn't. And as an introvert, this is a nightmare for me because I'd probably be surrounded by hundreds of people that I didn't really like and don't want to speak to. So that would probably be mine. Ooh, juicy. That's so interesting. And, you know, I think that this is a great example, though, because meanwhile, like as soon as Mary, you said that you had a hard time making friends, I was like, you, you're like the best making friends person I know. And so thus, you know, concludes our point that clearing (laughs) and letting go of what used to be is. um, But yeah, thanks so much for tuning into this episode. Let us know what you thought of the series. And similarly, I know back in 2019, I believe they released a movie for this series. It was called Rascal Does Not Dream of a Dreaming Girl, I think. Um, I've personally never seen it, but if we get enough collective interest in an episode for it, I'd be more than down to check it out. Yeah, or similarly, if there are other, like we didn't touch on a lot of other characters, including some time loops and amnesia syndrome and aging and having different ages at different times. So if there are any characters that you want us to touch on that we did in this episode, let us know. We're happy to cover them and give you our insights on them. 
And as always, thank you so much for tuning in. If you like this episode, subscribe, follow us. You can also find us on Instagram. Yeah, and if you have some time, don't forget to leave us a review. We would really, 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 really appreciate your love and support. And it means that we get out in front of more people, which means we get more wondrous folks like you tuning in. Um, But I think that's it for this episode. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram and we'll catch you in the next one. Take care. Bye. Hey, thanks so much for watching this episode of Coach Taku. For subscribing so you never miss a new episode. Have an idea for an episode or show you'd love us to discuss? DM us on our Insta, Coach Taku Pod, D-O-H-C-H-T-A-C-U-P-O-D, or email us at coachtakupod at gmail.com. Love your wonderful host? In that case, you can follow me, Christina, at Roar on Instagram. And you can follow Mary at Mary, M-E-R-Y dot the nerdy coach. Thanks so much. Catch you in the next one.